You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're not happy, and we're far from satisfied. Making the playoffs is a step in the right direction, but it's not enough. We need to win in the playoffs, and we need to compete for and win a championship. We know we need to get better. We believe that Ryan and Matt are excellent leaders. They have each had successes and failures, but the path to winning is rarely linear, and we feel that the strong ability of Ryan and Matt to work together to build a shared vision of success is the fastest way towards building a consistently winning organization. Hub Arkish and Arthur Arkish on 670 to score. Welcome back, everybody. Hour two of our program. We will be here until 10 o'clock this evening. Uh, for those of you who are hoping to hear DePaul Georgetown basketball this evening here on the score, uh, the game has been canceled due to COVID complications. It is a unfortunate reality of, of the world we live in, the sporting world we live in these days. No further information that I have um, as to whether the issues were more related to Georgetown or DePaul. My sense uh, when I got the call is that it may have been coming from Georgetown, uh, but I don't want to report inaccurate information, so we'll find out more about that for you uh, when we do have the facts. Uh, net result is Arthur and I are with you until 10 o'clock this evening. In for Joe Ostrowski. This would normally be the Joe O show, uh, but... In light of today's events, uh, a press conference at Hallis Hall that absolutely lit the Chicago football world on fire, management decided that I, as the senior NFL expert, I guess is what they call me here at the score, would be a good guy to be in the host chair along with my co-host, Arthur Arkish, the managing editor at Pro Football Weekly, along with me uh, to try and work through this whole thing and break it down. So we're talking uh, Chicago Bears football, Chicago Bears general manager, Ryan Pace, Chicago Bears head coach, Matt Nagy, Chicago Bears president and CEO, Ted Phillips, all night long. We've had Pat Finley of the Sun-Times visit with us already. We're going to talk to our very own Mark Grody in about 15 minutes. We've got Anthony Heron stopping by in the next hour, and we are taking your phone calls at 312-644-6767. And Arthur, as we might have expected and hoped, the lines are jammed, so let's get right back to it. Mark in Moline is up next. Mark, thanks for calling. How you doing? Good, Hub. Um, I have just enraged right now about Ryan Pace coming back. Um, he has no right doing another draft in Chicago. Um, this offense is so lacking of talent. Once you get past Robinson, there's there's nothing there. And Montgomery has proved very little. All he did was have some big games against some bad teams. I'm sorry, but 
I am tired of the defense having to be the most dominant defense in the league for the Bears to get anywhere. Are we ever going to get a different, decent offense in Chicago, Hub? Well, Mark, I've got to take exception to, to a couple of things that you just said. Um, uh, I understand that a lot of fans want wanted Ryan Pace fired, you know, and, and, and I understand where some of that sentiment comes from. Uh, but he is actually coming off a draft that the early returns suggest could be the best one he's had and could be a really good one in Bears annals. Now, uh, Arthur knows from all our years at Pro Football Weekly being pretty much the, the independent draft analyst experts um, outside of the 32 NFL teams. We don't grade or judge drafts for at least two seasons, usually three. Um, but, I mean, you know, you just had three rookie starters in Cole Komet, Jalen Johnson, and Darnell Mooney who appear to have much higher ceilings than just being starters in the NFL. You also saw some really positive play from, from Kendall Vildor and, and at least a few flashes that maybe Travis Gibson is going to be a very good pass rusher. So um, I, I'm not taking that as the one event in Ryan Pace's six seasons uh, to say, oh, well, bring him back for that reason. Um, but, but he's actually coming off one of his better drafts and, and to say what you said about David Montgomery, that's, that's not realistic or reasonable. Uh, you know, I mean, those were NFL games that he starred in. Those were other NFL teams. No, they're not the best teams or the best defenses in the league, but for any of us who've never done it ourselves to suggest that those still aren't outstanding accomplishments or that, that David Montgomery hasn't shown himself to be one of the better young up and coming backs in the NFL, that's not an objective analysis of where the Bears are at right now. So, I mean, Arthur, listen, I, I understand Mark's disappointment and frustration. He may be right. You know, it may very well be uh, that Ryan is not the, the best long-range answer for the Bears' GM job, but he's not completely incapable and unqualified. And to belittle David Montgomery, that makes no sense to me right now. Yeah, they have a, a few nice pieces on offense, David Montgomery included. Darnell Mooney, uh, I'm a huge fan of, definitely. Looks like an awesome find in, in round five, obviously. Um, <clears throat> so, yes, I, I'm excited about this draft class as well for the reasons you just named. Of course, it is concerning that Jalen Johnson uh, wasn't available when they needed him the most and that he did have another shoulder injury of some sort that we knew kind of uh, his reputation on that preceded him a little bit entering the NFL. But um, it's definitely some prospects that, that the Bears can work with here. Um, and now, of course, on the flip side, I, I get why, why Bears fans wouldn't want him leading any more drafts, potentially mortgaging the future, uh, trading future draft picks. Obviously, David Montgomery, Anthony Miller, Mitch Trubisky, uh, just a few that come to mind that haven't really panned out uh, accordingly as far as trading the future capital. So uh, obviously the draft is only one part of this thing. And uh, frankly, I think it's fair to say that's the part where Pace has maybe had the most success. It, it's the whole all-encompassing GM job uh, where he has left you know, some to be desired. Obviously the reason that we're seeing uh, a lot of these reactions that we are today uh, but he is going to get another chance to fix it. And I'll tell you, Hub, it certainly sounded today like he's going to get another chance to go make a big move uh, on a quarterback because it sounds like that's going to be this year's kind of place kicker or running back. They're going to put uh, a lot of their eggs in that basket getting that position fixed. Yeah, you know, Arthur, I didn't hear that. I, I You know, you apparently heard it. Pat apparently heard it. Um, uh, I, I think they talked about the need for improved play at the position, uh, which is a no-brainer. 
but I don't think they tip their hand in any way as to how they intend to approach that. You know, and I think everybody, again, may be reacting to the heat and excitement of the moment because there was so much going on. But now they've gone back into their offices and started to draw up free agency boards and draft boards and look at the salary cap. They're not in a position to be making big moves at the quarterback position right now. No, uh, we kind of assumed, though, they weren't last season either, though, and then they still managed to trade the fourth rounder and take on the $24 million for Nick Foles, uh, too. So, I, I, and, they, and the one thing I'm not even paraphrasing on is they said that all options are on the table, all avenues will be open. So I don't really think that we can uh, rule out entirely anything here just because, again, the track record we keep coming back to. Ryan Pace identifies his team's weakness, and he tends to overcompensate to try and get it corrected. So uh, we'll see if that happens to be the case again this year. Yeah, you're absolutely correct, and I'm not ruling anything out. I'm just trying to add reality here, which is that this is the first time that they've gone into the offseason $2 million over the salary cap before signing at least seven or eight critical free agents of their own and then looking for other players to bring in, you know? Mm-hmm. And and so now, you know, Pat Finley was with us, and he suggested a possible trade for Sam Darnold. Well, Sam Darnold comes in, in the final year of that number three overall pick rookie contract, uh, you know, and that would have a big cap hit that they have no space for. Uh, you know, you talk about bigger moves than that. Uh, I think Dak Prescott's the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. Uh, that's a different conversation for a different time. But that's the big name out there in free agency. I don't think Jerry Jones is letting him get away. I don't think he wants to leave Dallas. Um, but but they have so much to address just to get better than this year, forget winning a Super Bowl, uh, and, and don't have the assets to do it. You know, So I, I'm not sure I see all this drama at quarterback that everybody else is focused on. Um, uh, I, I think they've got to figure out their cap situation and how they address. Cause you know what? If they get a really good quarterback, but they don't fix left tackle, doesn't matter because Charles Leno may get him killed. So it's uh, and that that's 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 a silly thing to say. And I, I do that in sports parlance, and it's still a silly thing to say. So I apologize for that. The point is, if they don't get better at left tackle, may not matter how much you know they improve the quarterback position. Uh, Mark, thank you for the phone call. Guys, you're not calling here for all of us to agree. We're calling here to debate and have this conversation. That's what makes this uh, the number one sports rated, uh, the number one rated all sports station in town, 670 The Score. And dialing us up now on the BetQL listener line on The Score is Doug out in West Chicago. Doug, how you doing? Good. Hi, Hub and Arthur. Um, so, yeah, I guess relative to your last statement, I, two quick questions. Um, who are the free agents that they do have to re, uh, re-sign that, that are on their roster? And then Joe O was, um, was uh, putting up the idea of uh, if Deshaun Watson uh, were made available, uh, could you get him from dr- giving up all, you know, next year's entire draft? Um, you know, kind of a la Dallas uh, Vikings from years back. And I just wanted your uh, input on that as far as is that even doable. Um, I Back then it was more draft picks uh, than, than now. But um, do they have enough starters returning, at least on offense? Uh, I can't remember if Graham was two years or – and uh, is their line intact at least uh, – 
if they were to make some kind of a bold move like that, who else do they have to resign to make that work? And is it even possible with the cap situation? And I'll hang up. Well, Doug, thank thank you much for the phone call. Um, actually, Allen Robinson is obviously the big one, uh, you know, because if you don't resign him, uh, you've got major issues at the receiver position. Even if you do resign him, you need to upgrade that position. Jermaine Effetti was here on a one-year deal. Arthur, I don't know that they're overly concerned about bringing him back now that it appears that Mustafer can start at center. You can put White here and Daniels at guard, and you still got Alex Bars who can play it too. Um, but Effetti gave him good flexibility, and he is a free agent. Um, you've got Cordero Patterson is going to be a free agent. Uh, Javon Wims is, but I don't think that's a big concern. Uh, offensively, as far and of course, Mitch Trubisky is a free agent. That's on the offensive side of the football. On defense, uh, Tayshawn Gibson was the best player on the field Sunday. He was a really good addition at safety. He was a better uh, pairing with Eddie Jackson than Ha Clinton Dix was. He is a free agent. Roy Robertson Harris, your former starting five technique, is a free agent. Uh, Barkevius Mingo, who came in and I thought gave you really valuable minutes, uh, is a free agent, as are Brent Urban and Mario Edwards Jr., who gave you such outstanding depth on the defensive line. And then the, the keys to your special teams, in addition to Cordero Patterson, both Patrick O'Donnell and, and Cairo Santos are free agents. So that's not the entire list, but Arthur, it's enough of a list knowing that you have no money to spend, <laughs> you know, that, that puts you behind the eight ball before you even go looking elsewhere. Right. I, you know, I think it's uh, it, it kind of starts and ends with Allen Robinson. If not Allen Robinson and Cairo Santos, you'd hate to see him get away after uh, the great success he had in, in kind of putting out one fire here and then it remained for a couple seasons. But no, they're not in awful space, uh, an awful spot as far as trying to retain their own priority free agents uh as far as the other part of the question i was hoping we get into this a little bit tonight uh curious to get your thoughts Hub. a uh, if deshaun is available uh if the texans are you know if their their hands are uh are tied and they have to trade him do you think he even want to come to the bears after he got snubbed after that's been so well reported uh the way that the bears didn't really even give him the time of day in the 2017 draft and beyond that, uh, I don't even think that the entire 21 draft class gets the deal done. I, I think it's going to take multiple first-rounders, probably two, uh, if not three, to get something like that done. Yeah, you know, guys, I'll, I'll discuss it with anybody who feels like it's worth the time. I don't personally. Deshaun Watson is not going to be traded. And if he were available, the Bears would not be the only team in the market, okay? Um, and the price would be exorbitant, one that the Bears cannot afford to pay right now with so many other things to fix. That's point number one. Point number two is that Ryan Pace has taken significant heat for not even thoroughly evaluating Deshaun Watson coming out of school because he didn't like him all that much, you know? And so... What, now he's done a sudden turnaround? He's going to give away everything he's got to go get him? Uh, it, it just it, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So Bears fans can continue to talk about it. I thought it was a really unfortunate report from Pro Football Talk because it wasn't based on anything. The initial report said that they were hearing rumors that Deshaun might be unhappy. 
The fact that Deshaun Watson is unhappy doesn't mean that the Texans are going to deal him. And there's no way that I can see that Nick Casario, who turned down multiple GM jobs, didn't even want to interview for him over the last four or five years because he was staying with Belichick in New England, finally left and went to Houston. And if you don't think the fact that his franchise quarterback is already there wasn't one of the main reasons, it just doesn't make any sense. So, you know, we can have the Watson conversation if people feel the need but trust me when I tell you, he, he's not leaving Houston. There's just no reason for Houston to, to, to go ahead and trade him. And he has not at any point come out and said that he wants a trade or that he wants out. You know, we're, we're talking about reported rumors that, that, that came with no evidence or, or substantiation. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, I think that's pretty much the Deshaun Watson story. Guys, if you're on the phones, please hang with us. We're going to get to everybody. We really want to talk to you this evening, but we do have to take a quick break here. And on the other side, our very own Mark Grody is going to join us. Want to get Mark's take on all that he heard today. Uh, and so we've got it continuing all night long. Bears talk here at 670 to score. The all-new Bernstein and Rahimi Show, middays, 9 a.m. to noon on The Score. Right after the Bears' end-of-season press conference. That was an 87-minute insult to you, the Chicago Bear fan. Multiple times used a six-game losing streak as an evidence of why they should continue doing what they're doing. They spun a six-game losing streak as a positive. Dan Bernstein and Leila Rahimi, 9 a.m. to noon on Sports Radio 670 The Score, a Radio.com sports station. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago sports station. With all due respect, Ryan, what's, what specifically was the misevaluation that led you to choose Trubisky over Mahomes and Watson? And what specifically have you learned from that mistake that will help you get it right this time? Yeah, you know, I think, again, um, I get the question, uh, Mark, and you know, we're all, we're focused now. I think what you just said is like, what did you learn as we go forward and, and making sure in any acquisition we make uh, that we're doing it the right way. We don't get fooled again. Don't get fooled again. No, no. Hub Arkish and Arthur Arkish on 670 The Score. Guys, any show in which we get to hear the who all night has got to be a good one, whether you have to tolerate me and Arthur or not. So uh, Julio Roseo behind the glass tonight. He is our producer, our engineer, the friendly voice on the other end of the phone. When you dial us up, our producers at The Score are just absolutely the best. Uh, uh, what they have gone through working in this public health crisis world, often alone in our studios as we work remotely with new technology and software, uh, they're just the best in the business, and Julio uh, is near the top of the list. Julio, thank you for all you're doing for us tonight and for putting this show together. Uh, we are going to get back to the phones in just a few minutes. So, uh, Doug, Rex, Drew, Preston, Jim, I, hang on, listen to the show on the phone. We really do want to talk to you, uh, but right now we do want to bring in another special guest. Mark Grody uh, is our Chicago Bears beat reporter here at 670 The Score. He is also one of the voices of the Chicago Bears on the hometown call on game broadcasts on our sister station, WBBM News Radio 780 and 105.9 on your FM dial. Mark, of course, reports from the sidelines along with our buddies Jeff Joniak and Tom. 
um, there. Uh, Mark was in the middle of it today on Zoom, uh, along with myself and 30 or 40 of our closest friends in the media. Uh, and Mark, um, it, it was just strange. I, I, I keep trying to find different ways to go at this. And, and with all that we might have hoped for and expected, um, what we got was neither. Uh, I don't know if you would agree or disagree. I yeah I agree and it's funny I was just talking you were just talking about Julio Orseo working in our downtown Chicago studios and just before I came on we were sort of lamenting the fact that we didn't think that the biggest mystery of the Bears offseason was going to be what the contracts are of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy and it's it's not that anybody is that desperate to know it people obviously in the media want to know it but then it becomes more a matter now that they're not saying it. Now you want to know even more what's going on with it. So I thought that, you know, there wasn't like it wasn't a particularly newsy press conference today. But what what I thought they could have done better was to choose a consistent tone throughout the press conference and Maybe say, for example, anger, even if it wasn't genuine. And I'm sure that all those guys are angry about the way the season went because ultimately they didn't win and they kind of, it, it was a hard end of the season with the loss to the Packers and then to the Saints. Both went terribly wrong in those games. It, you know, and, and at times you felt that, that they would say it was unacceptable, that you can't have it, that it wasn't good enough, but then it was always qualified with, we're proud of what we got through this season, and they should be as far as the COVID protocol is concerned. They were excellent in that regard. But, you know, to say that they were proud about getting through a six-game losing streak and, you know, the, the strength and character of the team, and that's all good. That's all great, as a matter of fact, for your organization. But I thought they should have left it at unacceptable, can't have it, needs to be better, or else and it seemed like they just veered off into different directions even though they would start there and then they would end up someplace else Arthur, I don't mean to shortcut you, but I just I want to put one subject to rest, at least for, for the next 15 minutes with Mark, because uh, you led with it, Mark, this business of the contracts. Um, it, it is important because it's how we're going to view and evaluate almost every move they make from this moment going forward until they kick off the 2021 season. And it will be a huge part of how they're evaluated at the end of the 2021 season. Now, that said, it's not like we can't exist without knowing. It's not like it's going to interfere, right. you know, in, in the future of the team. But what I can't get my arms around is can you think of any possible reason that it has to be a state secret. I mean, what is the point uh, of making this uh, an issue when you already had enough other issues to deal with? Yeah, I mean, the only thing is, and, and the question that I asked during the, the press conference was, has or will there be, are you guys considering, since it, it appears that you guys, that you wholly support Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Is there a possibility that you guys are considering or working on a contract extension now? And that was when Ted Phillips jumped in and said, look, I can answer that question. That will come based on job performance. So in other words, from that, we can at least infer that they're not locked into some long extension because that's that's one thing like like perhaps something extreme is going on whether it's a long deal that people would be like oh my goodness they're, they're under a six-year extension right now or it's the the opposite where 
you know, just something totally and completely bizarre, like they're not under contract or it's, you know, there's a year left on both or, or something. I mean, there must be something out of the ordinary about it. And I, I'm going extreme and obviously I'm hemming and hawing here and grasping at straws, but maybe there is just something about it that is a little unorthodox that they feared if they were to let out, people would jump on, make fun of, do whatever it is that, that we tend to do in the media. So that, that's the only thing I could think of. that, and, and I don't even have a good example. I mean, you could hear me trying to come up with good examples. Like it's just something out of the ordinary and maybe a little bit bizarre in terms of their contracts. Well, Mark, if there was any uh, back channel extensions that occurred or any uh, kind of handshake deals, wink, wink deals, I feel confident uh, that the beat is going to is going to eventually learn what that would be. So I guess that's all kind of to be determined, but it was certainly odd. Uh, one question that you did ask, I believe, Ryan, about, <clears throat> excuse me, in the latter part of the Zoom, um, in one contract situation that we certainly know everything I think that we need to right now uh, about is Allen Robinson's uh, obviously an impending free agent. Is it just me or did Ryan seem almost hurt by the not the line of questioning so much as kind of the way that it was set up to uh that alan said that he thought something could have gotten done he mentioned that to you guys a couple days ago and then that was kind of thrown toward ryan uh there was a lot of dissatisfaction from the responses we got on a lot of different issues but that one i'm curious to get your thoughts on how he responded and if we learned anything more about why a deal hasn't gotten gotten done and if one eventually will Arthur, the only thing that I was able to, to take away from it, because I, I think it was JJ who asked the first question right. about it, and then I circled back because we knew that Matt Nagy, when, when Alan Robinson was sending out the, the cryptic you know, social media and stuff on Twitter and on Instagram, you know, we all jumped on it, we noticed it. Eventually, and then that's when all of, all of the teammates in the locker room started, you know, saying support Allen Robinson. And, you know, they, they were far from cryptic. They were very direct about it. And then Matt Nagy said, yeah, I had a talk with Allen Robinson about it. You know, he wasn't going to give the specifics, but he said what a great guy he is. And, you know, that winning is the most important thing. And then all of a sudden Allen Robinson came along. So I genuinely wanted to know, hey, when all that stuff was going on, Ryan, I know you're not going to give us details on what in what direction you're going to go with Allen Robinson. Did you speak with with Allen Robinson? And he said he did. And one thing he said was, you know, in terms of, of the contract and any kind of negotiations were going on, one thing that he repeated a couple times, I, I don't want to misquote him, but his, his, the words were something to the effect of it goes both ways, as in maybe there was, maybe there was you know, a number that Allen Robinson put out there that he just wouldn't back off from, that the Bears made their offer, whatever it might have been, a three- or four-year deal. Maybe Allen Robinson wanted a five-year deal with an extra five or seven million, and he didn't want it to back off of it. So that, that's what I inferred from it, that there was something in the contract that that Robinson and his side, and perhaps justifiably so, did not want to back off on. Mark, there's another topic that tends to drive Bears fans nuts, and that is the existence of Ted Phillips. And, you know, I, I, I find myself, it's ironic, 
almost Ted's defender, you know, in, in recent weeks, because the reality is that as president and CEO of the football team, his bigger responsibilities than football are to run this $3 billion business uh, to make it financially successful, to keep it ahead of the curve in terms of all of the you know, most important resources. And, and in some respects, he's done a really good job with that. But when it comes to the football part, where does he fit? And so we have George McCaskey, who clearly is, is the last word. He, he, the buck stops there. He's the chairman of the board. Um, and, and George at one point went out of his way when actually not even asked the question, he misunderstood a question from Patsy. I, I think it was right. an innocent mistake. Um, but, but went out of his way to talk about how absurd it is that, that Ted or he ever quote medals in the football business. And yet on at least three or four other occasions made it clear that the one guy that he'd had more conversations with than anybody else about who should be the top two football people in the organization is Ted. And, 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 and why doesn't George understand? He can't have it both ways. <laughs> I mean, he, he, either Ted is removed from the football operation and therefore should have no input as to whether, you know, Ryan Pace is the GM and, and Matt Nagy is the head coach, or he's one of the most important people in the football operation, at which point he's got to take, a, he's got to take responsibility for it. Right. And, and I think that what, what George McKin- the point that he was trying to get across, and I'm actually glad he he tried to get the point across, even though he may have misunderstood the question. But he he obviously hears it when he said that the notion is is just absurd, as as he said about the idea that they you know poke their noses in football stuff. I think what he meant was they're not suggesting who who to put to put on the practice squad. You know what I mean? They're not suggesting who the you know who should be on on the special teams unit. Nor are they, you know, having anything to do with who the starting quarterback is when there's a quarterback competition at the beginning of the year. I think that that's what George McCaskey want. To their credit, I believe that, and I do think that that is true. Um, so I don't know if he if he considers like the fact that yeah he he's he was in the room when they hired Matt Nagy. He hired Ryan Pace with the okay of George McCaskey that he doesn't consider that the hardcore football stuff, that that's more executive hiring bosses based on references from other people. So, you know, I think that's the point he was trying to get across. But you're right, Hub. I mean, it does come across a little bit hollow when, you de- when you know, the, the foot, and they're correct to say, the football people in this organization are the general manager and the head coach, but they were hired by Ted Phillips and George McCaskey. Well, and Arthur, I, I would go a step further. Uh, and again, I, I have some knowledge from working with these folks as long as I have. I don't think that, that Ryan and Matt have to go to Ted or George when they want to make a trade for Khalil Mack or when they want to sign Jimmy Graham or, or, or whoever the next, you know, high or trade for Nick Foles, whatever the next high dollar free agent. I, I believe that's true because I know these guys and I know how they work. But if the point that George is making is that, that, that they're not doing that because Ted and George aren't qualified, you know, to, to make those football judgments, what, what Bears fans want to know is, well, then how are they qualified to judge whether Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are the best choices for their jobs? <laughs> right. I mean, right. it's a... And and uh, I'll tell you what, Arthur, it lo- this all looked great. They looked like they knew exactly what they were doing in 2018. That's why I can't get on them 
that harshly about all of this. You did have the coach of the year in 2018. You did. I think, I think Ryan Pace was the executive of the year in 2018. So at that point, it looked like you had two up and comers. Right. And, uh, you know, interestingly, if we're kind of going along those lines of they're qualified to analyze the football success or lack thereof, or they're not, uh, I, I did find it interesting when Ted decided to kind of weigh in. Uh, I think it was Jason Leisure who asked uh, Ryan whether six years he should still be growing into his job because either Ted or George had mentioned that he's still growing on the job or continuing to learn. Uh, and then it was Ted who broke uh, Ryan's sort of tenure into the two three-year increments to date. Uh, interesting stuff. Obviously, 2015 to 2017, it's the John Fox era, of course, and not a lot of progress. And then 18 to 20, as you mentioned, Matt Nagy, coach of the year, two playoffs in three years. But the thing that struck me too, Mark, that's when Ryan started spending money as well. Uh, that's when they began, if not leading the league, being right near the top of it uh, in the resources they were pouring into this thing. So I just wonder if that's a, a totally kind of fair and consistent way to look at this. And then the other part of that is do you expect all those resources to be available or to whatever extent they can be uh, for Ryan this year to, to go about it and continue that aggressive uh, approach that he's had more recently? Yeah, I, I love the question. And I will go back a little bit on the, the growing into the, the job thing. I don't think that that's a bad thing, a bad concept. I think we all you know, grow in our jobs from year to year. I'm different at doing the job I'm doing right now than I was in the first year that I was doing it. I just think it was one of those things that maybe you, you don't say or you say it a little bit differently, that we all get better at our jobs as, as the years go on. That is absolutely true, and I think right. it was fair. And I think it, you know, at some point in time, we're, we're starting to, to nitpick a little bit. I think the one good thing, I guess, and I, I suppose I put that in air quotes, about the upcoming year and you you're asking about resources and will they be able to you know the proverbial go all in mm -hmm. i think they will and you know assuming that the resources were there and i am not a capologist but you know this is and i hate to use the word but i'm going to there is desperation where it pertains to next season with this bears organization there is going to be desperation from the point of view of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, because they know that it was a rough, it's been a rough two years. If you really want to be honest, you know, with eight and eight is eight and eight. That's, that's mediocre in the national football league. One eight and eight record did get you into the playoffs, but you know, that said, the bosses of the Bears have said, you know what, despite that, we're going to give you guys, as far as we know, at least another year, maybe more. We don't know about that, but we could probably guess that if things go poorly next year, that, that maybe those guys would not return. So is desperation a good thing in this case? Will it bring out the best in Ryan Pace in terms of how he allocates, in terms of how aggressive or not aggressive he is when it comes to the draft? And how will that pertain to Matt Nagy and what he decides to do and the chances he would take and will not or wouldn't take on the field too? So, so perhaps that that bring this balancing act brings out the best in both of them in the off season and in the next season. You know, Mark, we're, we're going to have to let you go, but, but there, there's one more point I'd like to get to here and, and get your take on it, because what you guys were just talking about to me was the missed opportunity of the day for George McCaskey and Ted Phillips. 
Um, I know for a fact that John Fox was not Ryan Pace's first choice to be his first head coach. He got convinced that it was a good idea by George and Ted and Ernie Acorsi. And he had veto power. He didn't have to do it, so I'm not excusing him for it. But he, at that point, was the youngest GM in the NFL. Uh, this is what he was being told was a good idea. He went along with it. It wasn't his choice. Matt Nagy was clearly his choice. And so I think that Ted could have made some points there, could have scored some points by saying, yeah, you do separate the first three years from the second three years when Ryan was really given the freedom to do what he wanted to do. And they have been vastly improved the last three years over where they were the first three years. And then you even separate out this season because you get to the pandemic. And George talked about it. Um, uh, I think Ted talked about it. I know fans don't want to hear it, but they're just not being fair if they don't want to hear it. You know, we had a situation here in town where Pat Finley and I were the only two members of the local media who were in what the NFL called its Tier 2M protocol, which meant that Pat and I were going through all of the same protocols and mitigating uh, factors that that the players and staff were. And that continued uh, a little bit uh, until past the halfway point of the season. And guys, I'll I'll talk about it later if you want. You you don't understand how difficult it was, uh, how how exhausting it was, how extreme it was uh, in in terms of your ability just to function and, and to focus on the job. And so improvement this year was going to be really difficult and, and, and probably impossible. And when you look at where we're at in the playoffs right now, how many teams that are there are really that different from where they were last year? You got Cleveland, you know, Tampa, but you had Tom Brady. Other than that, it's the same teams. So, um, you know, I think that was way, the way they should have approached this. They could have sold that or at least convinced some people but instead, again, they they just they didn't go there, and they kind of did the opposite. Right, and and, and I, I've been saying that too. And Hub, I've been with you, by the way. This, none of this surprised me that they they brought everybody back, and a lot of it had to do with just knowing George McCaskey a little bit, just the way you do. You probably know him better than I do, but. From the beginning of the year, they said that things were going to be evaluated differently. They said that players are going to be developed differently, that expect anything this year. And that started with George McCaskey, and that was because of the pandemic. And to me, and George never said this, but to me, the only way there was going to be fire, like there's George went into the season thinking there's no way that anything drastic is going to happen because this is an extraordinary circumstance or time through which we are living. The only way there was going to be serious change is if the Bears were drastically bad, like three and 13, four and 12 bad, where it, it was just irresistible to make change. But I think that you're absolutely right that the pandemic played a huge part of, uh, of this. And again, let, like you said, Hub, I'll, I'll steal the words right out of your mouth. Fans don't want to hear it, but that's a real person there in, in George McCaskey. And there are other owners who maybe are a little bit more heartless or don't have that, that so for better or for worse with George McCaskey, that, that was, is part of the equation. And that's why I, and, and I don't know if you thought for the same reasons, Hub, but th- that's why I thought everybody was going to be back unless something just catastrophic happened to this organization in terms of the win-loss record. Yeah, no, I mean, that's what we've been talking about on the air. The last five, six weeks, I kept telling everybody, once they broke the six-game losing streak, as long as they won a few games and were competitive, there weren't going to be changes. Now, had they, you know, had they finished on a 10-game losing streak or lost nine out of 10, it could have been different. different. 
but 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 that didn't happen, and that's why everybody should have expected exactly what was finally confirmed today. Uh, Mark, really appreciate the time tonight. Uh, before you go, we're we're not done. Uh, we're not taking off until the combine, in part because there won't be a combine this year. Yeah. But beyond that, uh, a new defensive coordinator to find. And anything you've heard yet, or any thoughts on that? No, I mean, based on everything, like I'm sure the Bears will do a a you know league-wide search, if you will. But based on everything, the tenor of of what we saw today, as in bringing everybody back. I think I would be surprised, honestly, if they don't hire from within. That I, I think I think it's, I think Jay Rogers is a very real candidate. I'm not as sure about Ted Monachino, and I like Ted Monachino a lot, but he's so attached to Chuck Pagano. And if they were looking to do something different in that regard, then I don't know that they would go. I think he'd be great at the job. I just don't know if they want to stay with that, um, you know, that that group of you know that tree that defensive coordinator tree and i think you know the jay rogers would be something refreshing so i don't know i don't know how you guys feel about it but it just it feels like with everything that happened today with everything with the pandemic that this would be in line with that as well to continue to hire from within and don't do anything particularly splashy when it comes to the dc yeah, we, we kicked it around earlier with Pat Finley, and, and the, the the name that Arthur and I came up with is Jay, and, and I think he is the most likely suspect from internally. I'd be very surprised by Ted Bonacchino. I hadn't even thought about that, but that's one i got to kind of think deeper about now, Well, too, just because so. he's done it before, Hub. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, he's done it before, and, and you know he's a gregarious, good communicator kind of guy. So, you know, I think I think that's why, his in my mind, his name came up, but I, yeah, I think, and the thing about Jay Rogers, when you say hire from within, I'm making it sound like it's a bad thing. Jay Rogers would be an excellent, I think he'd be an excellent um, defensive coordinator. And I base that on the work he's done in developing linemen for the Bears. He's the Bears defensive line coach. And just, at, you know, hub, we get to talk to these guys once a month in a fairly intimate setting, you know, in non-pandemic years. And even on Zoom, it's, it's a much you know, smaller group of people, you get to know these guys a little bit. And Jay Rogers, more than any of the assistants, really sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I think Jay would be a good fit. I got to tell you, I think Ted would be a tough sell for another reason. Uh, didn't accomplish all that much with his star pupil this year, Robert Quinn. So uh, that that, that could work against him a little bit, too. I I start to sound like a... Uh, yeah, like I'm starting to sound like a Floyd. fan now, but uh, you know, the, the, yeah, Leonard Floyd uh, uh, leaves and does what he does too. So, uh, well, we shall see. Mark, hey, we got to run. Thank you so much for the time. We will be talking again really soon. That is Mark Grody. Of course, you hear Mark regularly here at 670 The Score, as well as on Bears broadcasts over at BBM. We're going to take a very quick commercial break here and then get back to the phones. I'm sorry, guys. I know we're leaving you on hold for a while, but if you don't mind listening on the phone, we want to get to everybody tonight. We are back in just a moment right here at 670 The Score. From the hardcore sports better to the first timer, BetQL will help you make more informed decisions. That's right. It's not a betting app. It's a tool to give you an edge over the sports books. They crunch the numbers so you don't have to. BetQL. Be smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.